<laughs> I appreciate right. the time tonight and uh, want to get into the tour, the album, get your opinion on a couple things, talk a little Tremonti, talk a little Sinatra with you. But yeah, uh, let's get into it, man. You know, let's back up for the past couple of years. We've had some crazy years. We all had to endure it. And I remember the Walk the Sky tour and the Wiltern show, February 24th, 2020, kind of right before the S hit the fan and uh, kind of curious. Now we got Pawns and Kings a few years later. How quickly after the fit hit the Shan did you start working on a new material? Was it did was it take a while or were you ready to kind of go? Um, you know, I think for the, about the first six months of it happening, I kind of got uh, I went to a dark place like the rest of the world and wasn't very inspired to do much. Um, but at that time, the time I wasn't doing a lot of rock stuff, I started singing along way more than I've ever used to to, to Frank Sinatra tunes. And that's kind of how I really um, became obsessed with it because I had all that extra time because I would be. Uh, I was a handyman. I was painting my house and stuff. You know, we couldn't go anywhere. So I was stuck. I'm like, I might as well stay home and fix my house. So uh, I put my headphones on, listen to Sinatra, paint my house and sing along. And uh, that's kind of what really gave me the time to do that project. Yeah. How quickly did you get to writing Pawns and Kings? That was well after because um, I had done a whole record with Tremonti, the Marching in Time record. That was really the first album that came out of the uh the ashes of the covid lockdowns and that uh you know we got to put a lot of work into that record because there was so much downtime and um yeah spent a lot of time with eric freeman my other guitar player making demos and had had the luxury of way more time than than normal to uh, put that together and then pawns and kings that was kind of a uh you know quick shotgun writing kind of session because it was like all right you guys are going in the studio in eight or nine months so you better write a record <laughs> uh, i like to have two years to write a record but um you know sometimes when somebody lights a fire under you you gotta work around the clock and make it happen and that's what that's what we had to do step up step up to the challenge right that's right <laughs> well i love it man so many great tunes on it silver tongue holiday this is war sin after sin do you have a favorite on the album uh maybe sin after sin Mm. Was that a little Judas Priest influenced or inspired by the title at least? No, you know what? That was, uh, I purposely put on a really slow, sleazy drum track. And I was like, I would just want to write something just nasty and doomy, uh, <laughs> throw on an octave pedal and just write something heavy. And, uh, you know, that I probably spent more time on that song than any other song on the record. I, I um, that's why the song is so long because I'd written so many parts for it. <laughs> But to the day when I finally found that perfect part to fill out a certain section of the song, I was like, I don't want to cut this part either. Let me just keep on adding parts as long as it made sense. Um, you know, so it's that's why it's, a, I don't know, a six minute song. I love it, man. Great, great track. And looking forward to hearing these tunes live. We got you in our, our neighborhood, in our market at Yamava Casino in Highland, California. And uh, that show coming up on April the 1st and kind of the end of the, the tour, at least for a little bit. You got like six weeks off after that. I'm kind of curious, man. Are into tour pranks still a thing? Do you do anything on April Fool's? Is there any sort of prank on April Fool's? You oh, or? Is it the last show on April Fool's? It is. Wow. You know, I'm glad you planted that seed because we're going to have to think of something. We didn't uh, we didn't really do pranks on the last tour with uh, Hailstorm and, and Mammoth. Um, 
But uh, and this is because it's not really an ending tour because we've been on tour with Mammoth now for the whole cycle, so and we're going to continue through then. Right. And I think back out with them again after that. So uh, we'll see. Being that it's April Fools, we'll have to come up with something. I figure like you got to do something between the two April Fools and being in the end of the run at least for six weeks. Something's got to come up. Do you have any good end of tour pranks that come to mind? Uh, we've had some. Uh, we've had some good ones, but. Uh, we uh i remember once the um as lions was opening up for us which is bruce dickinson's son was the singer oh, right big backdrop that said as lions and i just added an extra s to it on the last show so they were the s lions <laughs> <laughs> but they they tore that s down uh really quick i, I love those guys though but uh we also had uh gosh i think some bands poured like ping pong like a billion ping pong balls all over the drum set so they're flying all over the place um we did one where we were uh gosh we were out with a band called disconnected and the drummer was a fantastic drummer we would go out there and just take off as he's playing take off parts of his drum set and by the end of the song he's just doing rim shots on his <laughs> snare and you know kicking his snare that's about it so uh, awesome, man. Well, I look forward to that. And and like you had mentioned, Mammoth out with you. And obviously you go back with Wolfgang. He was in the Tremonti band. But do you remember the first time you met him? Yeah, well, the first time I met him was when he was a pretty much a baby. You know, I think he might have been seven years old. It was uh, we were opening up for Van Halen and we were in Madison Square Garden. And he was down there with with uh, his mother and, and Eddie and uh it was just backstage. He was just this little, just just this little kid. You know, I didn't really formally meet him, but I was with him. And then, uh, and then years later, it turns out he he was a fan of the band Alter Bridge and and came to sound checks and we came buds. And I remember going to I was staying in L.A. and he gave me a call. I was like, "Hey man, you want to come watch Van Halen practice?" That's <laughs> like, yeah damn straight i do <laughs> that's really rad man and and what a singer and, and musician he's turned out to be i you know everyone wants to talk about the van halen reference but i really love his voice his voice is very unique yeah. and great oh he's awesome and the uh we just listened to a bunch of his new record just the other day and it's it's amazing he uh uh he's got he's got some surprises on that record that are gonna blow people might be interesting to see. I mean, wonder if he goes heavier or, or, or lighter or the same or. Uh, well, it's uh, one of the one of the things I don't know if I can I can let the cat out of the bag, but he 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 did something on the record. That's just that's going to get everybody to want to listen to that track. It's, it's pretty awesome. Hmm. We wouldn't be shocked if you end up on the record. I'm not on the record. Ah. <laughs> I know he likes doing it all by himself, all solo and recording every instrument, which is amazing in and of itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dude, you had mentioned the, the Sinatra album and being a Paisan, right? You're you're Italian. That's the, I'm sure you, like me, were raised on that music. Yeah, man. It was just part of our lives. And it was it's, it's always been my happy place. You know, I, Sinatra comes on. It just makes me feel good. And you did uh, that album and I think one show for it and all the uh, the proceeds go into the National Down Syndrome Society. Yeah, we've done we've done five shows now. We got the sixth one coming up on March second. Um, we're getting close to that million dollar mark of, of raised funds, so we're uh, we're feeling good about it. And the, the live shows are about the most fun I could ever have. It's it's awesome. I love it. Completely different arena than doing a rock show, I imagine. Oh yeah, I got no guitar on. I got uh, 
it's a very uh, exposed thing to say the least. There's, uh, you know, when you do the rock thing, you have backup vocals and harmonies and you got uh, big electric guitars just soaking up all the sound. And this is just very exposed and, and pure. And I love it. Are you doing the suit and the top hat and everything? I'm doing the tux. No, no hat. I can't pull off the hat. (laughs) Are you going to do another album or or are you going to turn to a different crooner or or is it just kind of a one and one and done deal? I want to do another album Um, and both. I'd like to do, I'd like to do more Sinatra songs, but I'd also like to do other, other songs. You know, I love Mel Torme I love, uh, I love modern jazz singers. I love Kurt Elling. There's a lot of songs that I sing along to of his that I love. I would love to do a cover of, um, Gregory Porter is another great new jazz singer that I love. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of made me go down this path of trying to find artists that have a similar vocal range to me that I can go in and, and learn something new from them. So it's, uh, and those guys like Mel Torme sings a little higher than I do, but uh, he's kind of got a, he's got a cooler, a, a jazzier approach um, than say Frank Sinatra did, you know, which is kind of cool for me to pick up new, new little, new little tricks, little choices of notes. I was thinking maybe Tony Bennett too. Tony Bennett's great. Absolutely. He was Frank Sinatra's favorite singer. Yeah. That, 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 might, that might be the next one you would try to tackle. Uh, you know, there's just certain singers you think you can do well. Uh, I don't know if I could nail the Tony Bennett thing. I could try. <laughs> <laughs> Worth a shot. And you yeah. touched on it. Tremonti, are we working on new riffs for Tremonti? Always. I'm always just working on, on uh, just writing in general. Um, right now, I'm, t- I'm writing, I've, I've written a novel called A Dying Machine, and I'm writing another novel uh, now that uh, is taking up a, a hell of a lot of time. It's, uh, it's a lot of work. And then that'll that second novel will tie into the Tremonti record. No, it's gonna it's just a standalone thing. You know, the first the first novel I did, I did it tied in with the Dying Machine record, and I hired a co-writer to help me get it done fast so it could come out while the record was done. Since I have no timelines now, I'm just writing this one all by myself, and it's been uh, it's been a fun learning process. But it's a man, it's a lot of work because you write through a hundred pages and you, and you, you do something better. It's like, all right, I got to go back to page number one and fix what I've done. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of work. Well, that's writing fiction. You ever think about writing a biography, writing about yourself and your story? No, you know, so many people do it. You know, there's so many artists that, that have done that. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd rather, I'd rather do the fictional thing. I'd rather write something that got turned into a TV show or a movie or, you know, not 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 ready for the autobiography yet. No, you know, what what am I going to say? Hey, look at look at me. Look what I did. You know, like I think somebody else should write a story about you. If there's a story about somebody, I think somebody else should write. Ah, interesting. Interesting. And uh, just last couple of things here. And if I could bug you, I do a little, you know, music debates from time to time, because that's ultimately what we are. We're music fans. What you do, what I do. We're all just music nerds. But it's mm-hmm. rare that I get the opportunity to ask an artist a- about one of the debates that I like to get into from time to time. And I like to compare album versus album. There's a Nine Inch Nails one, album one versus album two. So I got to ask you, my Creed debate, album one versus album two. Do you have a preference out of the two? Um, you know, they're so different to me. The first the first record, we were just kids. We were, uh, you know, what you hear is what we recorded with our, I don't know, $2,000 budget, you know, and, and, uh, 
the songs were real and they uh it's funny when you listen to the quality of those songs versus what's on the radio now they sound like a garage demo <laughs> but that being said human clay was the biggest record we ever put out um i had some songs on there that i think some of the album tracks off that record were some of my favorites like songs like beautiful or mm. um uh not you know there's uh gosh um few other tracks on that record that i love but uh i they're they, they're my babies they're they're totally different i like them i like them for different reasons i like my own prisons for its rawness for its yeah uh, for the kid in me you know yeah that's yeah. the one i kind of gravitate towards and that one was recorded in a bunch of different studios too it wasn't like one place right well we recorded the original stuff at uh a gentleman named john kershweg in a, in tallahassee he uh he was kind of the local hot shop producer. Um, he had a record deal previously. So he in town, he was the guy. And we went to him, recorded the tracks. And then um, when we got a record deal with that record, we took it to Ron St. Germain to remix it. Um, and uh, we, that's that's when we went up to Boston. Uh, we went up to the, the farm, it's called. It's, in, it's outside of Worcester. And that's where um, the Bad Brains recorded Eye Against Eye. Um there's a few other great records that were, that were recorded there, but uh, so it was remixed there. Then we put it out. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think we might have done some orchestral stuff after the fact, but that's it. Love it, man. Love it. And I appreciate you chipping in on that debate. Got one last thing for you being a music fan. We're an old school radio station. We do mandatory metallic every night at 10 p.m., which you're going to be a part of. And I don't know if it necessarily work for Alter Bridge, but more of a Tremonti thing. If you were to do a, a Tremonti cover of a Metallica tune, what do you think it would be? Man, you know what? Me and me and Eric Friedman, my other guitar player, covered uh, Welcome Home Sanitarium already. Ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. We did it on... Uh, we did this this Loudwire interview where uh, you had to play these Hello Kitty guitars, like these little baby <laughs> little baby guitars, and we did we did Metallica cover on those guitars. So since that's one's fresh for us, I think we we do that. And my favorite song is Orion. It's an instrumental. Oh, yeah, of course. Off the Hetfield thing, so great vocally. So maybe the instrumental is the way to go. <laughs> no, nah, I like I like Sanitarium. You could do that, especially the clean singing and stuff. I'd yeah, that off. That'd be sick. We'll check it out on YouTube, man. It's there. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety. Available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.